This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort, ride by ride, land by land, park by park, to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me as always to discuss, Dan. That uh, yes. Hello. <laughs> How may I help you? Eric. Also also here, yes. <laughs> and very excited to announce our guest today. She is a travel and food writer, a Disneyland editor for SF Gate, a member of the Society of Travel uh, American Travel Writers and American Society for Journalists and Authors. It's Julie Tremaine. Hello. Wow, my whole resume. That's Thanks. right. I did some Googling. <laughs> you looked at my Twitter bio. You just read my Twitter bio. A little. <laughs> and I, well, that's not just, that's not all I did, but I did read your Twitter bio amongst many other things, including some of your articles, which are fantastic, which we want to talk to you about, namely your experience back at Disneyland on April 30th. But uh, how are you? I am great. Honestly, I am just coming off of opening weekend of Disneyland. And I had just done a few days at Walt Disney World, not too far before that. So I'm definitely having a theme park hangover right now. I'm uh, a little sore, taking some time to rest. <laughs> Good for you. Um, all right. So question, uh, we have questions. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Okay. We're excited. We've excited to have you on the show. Uh, our, our producer, David, has reached out and has enjoyed your work for a long time. I've really gotten into it over the last few months. And uh, you do inc- incredible work about the parks and you know, obviously, namely Disneyland. But question number one is, Julie, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? <laughs> uh, okay. I So I will say this. So I went to Walt Disney World when I was three. And then I didn't go back to any Disney at all until I was an adult. Oh, I'm sorry. Your parents were awful. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I didn't think that was, this was that kind of podcast, but we can go there if you want. I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when I went back as an adult, the first place I went was Disneyland. So Mm -hmm. that really felt like my first park. And it really set a level for me of not only the Disney magic, but also how easy and low stress it was mm-hmm. and also like how much of that 1955 feel was still there. Right. So I went to Disney world not long after that. And I couldn't, I kind of couldn't help comparing the two of like, there's so much great stuff in I know the feeling, but the, the feeling of nostalgia and of Walt's original vision and the absolute ease of walking across the plaza in between the parks, mm-hmm. Disneyland, my vote is Disneyland. No, podcast is over. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Julie Tremaine, thank you for joining us. Uh, <laughs> show's over. <laughs> it's done. Thanks for joining She's us. Right. 36 episodes. Um, All we had to do was ask. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's interesting because, you know, I guess you'll get, you'll get different answers depend on, uh, like you. I mean, you, you have your specific opinion and because of the ease, low stress, that kind of thing. And then you'll have the Disney worlders who, you know, think Disneyland is sort of a, a teeny pretender from Disney world. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it just depends. And I, and I don't want the answer to the question when we come to the end of this podcast to be, it depends. I'm trying to avoid that. So we're trying to be as objective as possible. This episode has nothing to do with any of that. Uh, so my next question is, how do you experience the parks? Is it with friends, kids, you go solo? Like, yes, the answer is yes. I figured uh, so I do, um, I do a lot of solo trips, especially to Disneyland, just because it's my job. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy for me to go when annual passes were still a thing. It was very easy to just go for the afternoon. If, if there was a new food that had been released that day, I would just go for a few hours, hang out, sometimes bring my laptop. Like my laptop's been on Space Mountain more times than I can count. <sighs> Lucky. And then I would just like work <laughs> in the park. I would sit in the lobby of the Grand Californian and do work for a couple of hours ride a couple rides, have dinner, go home. So I've done plenty of solo trips like that. And I've actually done like a few three and four day solo trips to Walt Disney World that have been fantastic. Like I really like it. I like the the freedom to do what you want, but also the yes. when you get tired, you can just sit and rest and not feel like you're disappointing anyone. Right. Or, yeah. you know, not feel like you're dragging someone around to do stuff they don't want to do. Like it's just nice to have that freedom to do it on your own. But um, my best friend, her, we started going to Walt Disney World when her daughter turned one. She said, I really want to go celebrate Brandon's birthday there. And I was like, sure, sounds great. So I've done it a lot with little kids. Both my goddaughters are very little and uh, go to Disneyland a lot. And I've also done plenty of just adult trips with friends or, you know, my mom and I go a lot and she really loves it. Yeah. And to your point it's really easy to go to Disneyland and just like you said, go for an afternoon and sit at a bar and ride on your laptop. It's not that simple, even with an annual pass at Disney world, because it's an mm-hmm. ordeal. <laughs> you know? Right. If you want to go to magic kingdom, you got to go park a mile away and then spend 30 minutes on a boat or a monorail or whatever, just to get into the park. And then, and you know, the rest, but. I will sometimes like my family lives in my family lives like maybe an hour from Disney world on the Florida coast. Oh, okay. So when I'm down there visiting them, I will often say like, Hey guys, let's go to Epcot for the day or let's go to animal kingdom for the day, but we'll just do a one day thing. You know, we'll drive there, but it is, it's an ordeal. Like, but when we go, because we're paying full ticket price, we're like, we're staying the whole day. We're getting, we're getting every minute out of this that we can, because it's an investment. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It it used to be, I saw a whole, there's a a YouTube channel called wisecrack and they talked about like the, or or it was a top tens list or something about the 10 places in the world that, that, you know, people love, but they're actually suck. And the number one thing was Disney world. And they said that Disney world sucks because it's super expensive and it's more expensive than any of its counterparts. But I don't think that's true anymore. And I say that because we're looking at going in July, talking about booking through concierge.com. And for the four of us to go for one day, Park Hopper in July for one day is seven hundred dollars. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. insane. Is that for right. Disneyland or Walt Disney World? That's Disneyland. And Disney yeah. World's cheaper than that. 
that's what I was going to say. I think Disneyland is actually much more expensive. Yeah. Because the the only there are three hotel properties, there are three hotels on property. The cheapest room you can get at the least expensive hotel is still going to run you almost four hundred dollars. Yeah, and that's Paradise like, Pier, right? Yeah, Paradise Pier is always in the three hundreds. It can go up from there. A room at Grand Californian starts high fives. Like it's yeah. very expensive. It's worth like it's, I mean, it's hard to say it's worth to me. That's very very expensive, right. but like. I've stayed at the Disneyland Hotel a few times and I have loved it. I, mm-hmm. I love, Trader Sam's is my absolute favorite place pretty much on the planet, except for the wine bar at the France Pavilion in Epcot. So we'll, I know we'll get there. Oh, in a little bit. Yes, we will. <laughs> what, so what is better, Trader, Jam, Trader Sam's Disneyland Hotel or Trader Sam's at um, uh, Polynesian? Oh, definitely in California. Okay. Um, we haven't done that episode yet, but spoilers. That's, yeah, Uh-oh. spoilers. The one in, the one in Florida is fine. It's good. It has basically the same menu. Mm-hmm. The thing is that LA invented tiki culture. Yes, so totally. Thank there's you. There's like a very deeply ingrained love of what tiki is. And the bartenders that you get at Trader Sam's are some of the best in the city. Like, like there are, you know, the old school tiki bars that opened in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all this like, it, it's all this group of people who follow these bars and the bartenders at Trader Sam's when they're not working, they're at those other places like Tiki T in LA. Huh. So there's like very deeply ingrained culture. And it's this really cool thing where if you say to them, like, I don't want, can you make me something off menu of like, you know, a really classic Tiki drink? They're like, sure, no problem. I have these like 900 recipes off the top of my head. And in Florida, I, I don't think that the quality of ingredients is the same, but mm-hmm. I don't know that the bartenders love Tiki culture that much that they really make it this like, high quality cocktail experience. But if you order off the menu, what cup does it come in? <laughs> well, they make one. Uh, oh, there's, they make yeah, there's, there's, they, there's, yeah, they get down there's a kiln in the back. There's, there's, a, yeah, kiln. there's a pottery wheel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Little, little ghost style. Yeah. Um, you come here, you listen to the show for tips and tricks. This is the little <laughs> hidden, hidden fact about it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And if they say no, they're holding back. They're holding out on you. So I, of of the U.S.-based Disney properties, I'm going to take Aulani out of this, but I have stayed in every Disney hotel in the United States except wow. for the Disneyland Hotel. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? I know. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the only hotel I have not stayed in. I've stayed in. And I, you name it, I've what stayed in. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retiring from the podcast. All right. So my next question was, um, since you started getting paid to write about Disneyland, how has that changed the way you view the parks? Um, no one's ever asked me that before. Uh, you know, Hard I don't journalism that. right here on Supreme Resort. <laughs> no, I honestly, I don't think it has. Like, I, I, I think that I, I try to look at everything a little bit more objectively now. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, when you go to Disney, it's very easy to focus on like, I love everything. And you try to just squint and overlook the things that are not that great. Mm-hmm. But I try to report on everything now. You know, I've definitely reported on things that are not that great at, at Disneyland. Like when when they opened part of California Adventure, they in November, they had um, they only had downtown Disney. They weren't allowed yeah, to right. Were closed and they opened up a little bit of California Adventure. Yeah, Buena Vista closed. Street only, right? Exactly. And that was just for shopping and dining. And um, I went on opening day of that and 
it was just not fun. It was, yeah. I stood in line for six hours and the rules <sighs> were strict at that point where you couldn't even sip water in line, but yeah. it was, I think it was like 80 plus degrees that day. And you're just standing in the sun, with no shade, nowhere to go. Can't get out. Of, I was there by myself. So I couldn't get out of line and take a break anywhere. And it was just brutal. And by the time I got in, I like, I looked at all the lines at, you know, the five and dime and trolley treats. And there was no way I was getting a table at Carthay circle. They said it was going to be, if I managed to get a table, it was going to be like four plus hours. Jeez. I just looked around and said like, this is not worth it. And I left. And that was the article I wrote, you know, it was right. Well, that was your experience, right? That was my experience. So I wrote honestly about it. And I think that that's now that I'm doing a lot of theme park journalism, that's the way I have to look at it is I need to look at not just the positives as a Disney fan, but everything that someone might experience when they go there. Yeah. And you can't write from your years of history that I know what it's really like. This is just a bad experience. You you Mm -hmm. have to objectively write about what you experienced, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Write about it just like that day. I have a kind of related question. So do you, are you, there are times that you go where you're like, I'm not journalisting today. I'm just parking. Or can you just not turn that off at all? I always have. I think that's why I became a journalist is that I just am naturally inclined to ask questions, to look at things, to, you know, have conversations with strangers, to just always be, always be looking for something interesting to talk about or experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's sort of like a, it's it's sort of like a chicken or egg thing, you know, cause I'm going, so for example, I'm going tomorrow for May the 4th and I'm not there. I'm not there on assignment. I'm there just to go because I really want to see what it's like for May the 4th. So I'm sure I'll find stories when I get there, but I'm not, there's not an expectation of I'm going tomorrow and I have to get something out of it, but I probably will find something there. That makes sense. Yeah. I I think to your point, I mean, this, I I don't get paid a lot for this podcast, but I I don't go to the Disney parks in the same way anymore because every time I go, I'm looking around at things that I want to talk about for the next episode or, you know, whatever. So I get it. I understand. Oh, yeah. Every picture you don't take, every right. time you're writing something or talking mm-hmm. about something, you say, I know I've seen that. Why didn't I Why didn't I take 20 pictures of that angle of that tree? Right. That's what I was just going to say. That's the part that actually, when I do let myself have a break and not take photos of things, I always regret it afterwards. Always. Yep. We're visual people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned a little bit about your history with the parks. So... Um, I'll leave that off. But what what was it about? What was the experience, the moment or the series of moments that made you fall in love with these parks? I think so. Going to Disneyland, I really had no idea what to expect. The the first time I went to Disneyland. You were an an adult. You were in your 20s. I was was an adult. I was was in my late 20s at that point. I really had no idea what what it was going to be like. I didn't I just thought like, oh, it's magical there. I would like to go there and and see it. Um, But I think that the, I wasn't expecting the immersion. I wasn't Mm. expecting to like walk through a wall and all of a sudden be in a place that everything felt good. There was so much positive energy. Everyone's happy to be there. It's very immersive. The architecture is designed to make you like it. The music, the food, everything, the smells. All of a sudden it was just like, oh, I am actually in a fantasy world. You know, that, that sign is not joking when they say you leave right. today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow and fantasy. Like it really is. That was in your article from Friday. It was. You've Which been doing your homework. 
Well, I, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, you know, it's really interesting because my contention has always been that people who, and, and again, I, I, I objectively don't have an opinion about which is better, but people who are Disneylanders, diehard Disneyland people, it's because that's where they grew up. That's their park, right? And, mm-hmm. and we say it all the time. And Jim Hill says it. Disneyland is the most famous, uh, the world's most famous um, regional theme park. Yeah. So it's just like that's your park because that's where you grew up. But I've never spoken to anybody who who sort of experienced it for the first time in their late twenties, came to it, you know, late in life. Which, by the way, must have only been a couple of years ago for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call your late twenties late in life. Well, later than late fours. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like, <laughs> but later in life than you know you're, when you're a child, right? So yeah, people expect Disney to be an only child experience. Right. And I contend that it's my wife and I prefer going to Disney, Disney World or Disneyland without the kids because it's more enjoyable. But that's yeah. beside the point. <laughs> so was it I that mean, first? Go ahead, Eric. I, I should I should just mention, Jimmy, I mean, you've you've met me, right? I mean, except <laughs> once, for once at a bar. <laughs> right. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I've I've talked about this before. Right. 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 Well, going to Disneyland so maybe for the first I'm time not, when I was in my late 30s. Maybe not never mentioned, never met anybody, but it's rare. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Well, right. we've talked before on the show about like what is a mindset for people to like if they don't know anything about what they're getting into and they're going to Disneyland as, as an adult, like what what is a good primer that you would give them to say like, okay, here's how to think about this. Here's how to not be... Here's how to try to be on board. I don't know if that makes any sense because I've been teaching children all day. Uh, <laughs> so out, please. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is where you're going, but Julie, the question I have, Dan has a, a really good sort of litmus test for a newbie to Disneyland. And he calls it the Tiki Room Test. The Tiki Room Challenge. Tiki Room Challenge. Explain what oh. that is for Julie. So if I'm going to Disneyland for the first time with an adult person, Mm-hmm. I will at some point that makes sense during the day, but early take them to the tiki room and I can almost always gauge by their reaction to it. What kind of day I'm going to have with that person. Oh, like if they get, if they're like, this is stupid. You yeah. Know. If they're like, Ooh, what's this? Why did you bring me here? Then like that I know to kind of like dial my expectations down be like, <laughs> okay, let's go on the roller coaster seven more times. <laughs> But if they like, you can kind of see like the, this thing unlock in the ideal candidate where they're just like, oh, this is what this is. And you're like, oh yeah, then there's way more. (laughs) Yeah. I, Tiki Room is like the best worst attraction. Like, right. That's I, I love it in a lot of ways. I love that it is very, very old school and just a very like simple joy. And it's also a very nice air conditioned break. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. nice to even have a dole up in there too. Well, you could before the pandemic, you could, but it's hard to look at it in well, 2021 and be like, Oh yeah. Impressions and the caricatures and the, those oh, are that's a good point. Those are for sure tough cultural stereotypes. And I think that, you know, I think the people who love it are people who have, a deep background with it. Yeah. And I think people going in there for the first time as adults in this cultural that's fair. are yeah, that's like, that's a very um, good point. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah Cause you know, they're, 
thought we weren't doing an article on this one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you got an article now? Or did you spoiled it? <laughs> well, okay. To lighten it back up, next time you go to the Tiki Room, during the Let's All Sing Like the Birdies Sing segment, I highly recommend that you take your eyes away from the birds and look at all the dads in the room as they very uncomfortably try to figure out how to deal with that moment. It's <laughs> fantastic. The oh Tiki Room God. dads are the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. I have never done that because I'm busy looking around at all the flowers dancing mm-hmm. up the ceiling mm-hmm. and clanking very loudly. Yeah, nope, it's but- so loudly. It's so great. It's just really, it's just so great. It's oh, the yeah. tiki room. I have feelings about the tiki room. The tiki room dads are like one of my favorite things in the world. But you point out an interesting thing. Um, you know, the tiki room could very well be problematic. Maybe we change it to the great moments with Mr. Lincoln challenge Ugh. <laughs> yeah that's harder that's harder because it doesn't well it, it, see the thing with that is there's no like implied magic there it's just it's a, it's just talking dead president but, what's yeah, not but, magic but, about that but it's like it's a it's a it feels like a field trip so it's like okay yeah. you know it'd be like it'd be like do you like koi anaskazi or not which is one of my favorite Ooh, movies yeah. you know it's where it's just like yeah, not everyone's going to like it because it is boring. Um, but like, yeah, I had a thought. Anyway. Great. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So switching gears a little bit, uh, Julie, um, I read on the SF gate, which is, you know, where you work, mm-hmm. um, that the theme park coverage didn't start till 2020. Is that right? At SF gate? Yeah. Well, no. So they had been writing about Disneyland for ever for as long as the website existed, but early nineties or something like like, sort of like in a casual way. So Mm -hmm. they were, there's one editor on staff who really loves Disneyland. And when there's something interesting to write about, she'll write about it. The first time they ever hired a Disneyland editor was in September. And that was me. Oh, in September of 2020. What a perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the middle of the longest park closure in history. Huh? So that, so how, so you, how did you land there then? Honestly, the, editor of the site tweeted it out. He said, I'm looking for a Disneyland editor who is based in LA and has an annual pass and who really knows the parks. Wow. And I was just coming off of like several days at Walt Disney World. And I was just like, well, here I am. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. (laughs) Wow. Good for you. That's great. (laughs) So um, I have a a three-part question. So just bear with me. Three-part question. Do you listen to many theme park podcasts? Which is the best one and why is it the Supreme Resort? Um, it's obviously this one because it's the first one I've ever listened to. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for you. Default. We win. Default. Default. Yeah. The two best words in the English language. Default. Um, all right. So I'm sorry. I hope that's not insulting. Most of my podcasts are about ghosts. Because yeah, I, so that's what I wanted to ask you about. So podcasts for me are like escapism. Like when I'm, I'm like I read a lot about the theme parks. I'm always on social media about the theme parks. Podcasts. I'm like I'm going to mentally check out, and that's really those are podcasts about the paranormal. Yeah. So let's talk about this wine ghosts in Disneyland. Give us some. Give <laughs> us some context. Give us some history, and go into detail. Well, those are kind of my three favorite things. So. Um, those are, I, so I am, you know, by profession, a Disneyland editor. I do a, a lot of other travel writing and I especially really like to write about 
the California coast and the central coast, especially where they have all these amazing wineries. And I just started writing about them because I like to go there. It's very, it's like two hours from LA. It's a really great region and there's people don't really know about it. So it, you know, in the same way that people don't have like the insider info on Disneyland, they don't have it on, on Santa Barbara County. So I, I really started writing about that a lot. I really love that. And then I sort of, uh, I made friends with some ghost hunters, not really on purpose. Like we just sort of, we made friends and then I was like, well, I write about things and you guys have interesting things to write about. So I guess I'm going to come on ghost hunts with you and I'll write about sleeping in haunted hotel rooms. I have a question that covers all, all these bases. Mm -hmm. And, um, so in the haunted mansion ballroom scene, what kind Mm -hmm. of wine do you imagine they're drinking? There are they drinking wine there? So let's, okay, let's say they are. <laughs> so they just—I think that they just added to the graveyard scene. There's a part where there's some ghosts. They were always drinking something, yeah. but they added like neon ghost champagne to mm. those glasses. Like I saw it for the first time this weekend at the reopening, and I was like, "What is that?" Because I want to drink it. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard the the scrims are like all scrubby clean and everything. Like you can't even see them. Everything is like, the, honestly, everything is in tip top working condition. I swear. And this is just an anecdotal observation. The rides are faster. We know they're faster at night. Well, yeah, of course. It's squeaky clean. Everything's in pristine working order. And there's one quarter of the capacity on the rides. So there's right. nobody weighing it down. So like Space Mountain really whips right now. It's oh, awesome. That makes sense. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, because it's all greased up and clean and everything. Yeah. Um, so, well, that that's a good transition. I have I have more questions, but I, the the one of the reasons we wanted to record today is because you went on Friday. You wrote an article about it, and I, of course, be, me being me, I was on the app all day checking wait times, and it seemed that Haunted Mansion and Snow White were the biggest lines all day because they're they're you know quote unquote the newest thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about that experience and, and tell us specifically what I didn't read in the article that you want to talk about. So the way that I started the article was standing at the gates, waiting to get in. It was maybe like, I don't know, maybe 8.15 or 8.20 in the morning. They had just started letting people through temperature check. People were getting through the gates pretty easily. And in the distance everyone hears this whistle and we all know what it is at the same moment. The train. Mm. It's the Disneyland Railroad. And it's a sound that nobody's heard in almost 14 months. Mm. And everyone just collectively, there's this enormous swell of just joy that erupts from the crowd. And everyone's cheering, whooping. People are starting to cry. People are just like, just like not consoling each other, but just like sharing in this like wonderful experience of just, they, it's just like this, it was this really beautiful shared moment. And, you know, the train comes around out of the trees and everyone's waving and taking pictures. And, you know, two minutes later we're through the gates. Cause it was actually like a very seamless experience. There were no bumps getting people through the gates at all. That's getting great. people through a touch of Disney was much longer. Like I waited in line for probably an hour to get into touch of Disney. Yeah, and I meant to ask you about that, but let's, let's keep yeah, going. Sorry. This was just like five minutes. We all get inside. I'm inside. I think it's like maybe 8.30 at this point that I'm on Main Street. The park doesn't even open until nine. And there are just hundreds and hundreds of cast members lining up and down Main Street. 
they're all waving. They're all saying, welcome back. We're so happy to see you. Welcome home. Mm -hmm. We miss you so much. Everyone is saying the exact same things back. People are just, just crying. Just like, but honestly, like I think, but I don't think it was so much like, I'm so happy to be in a theme park. I think it was a moment where we all collectively felt like we are almost through this. Right. Oh, totally. Walt Disney. I went to Walt Disney World on opening day for Magic Kingdom and for Epcot. And it didn't feel that way. It was just like, oh, it's great to be here. I'm glad it's open again. But we were right. I, certainly like, I was scared. I was like, pandemic is raging. Like, got to wear masks. Gotta, like, it, it felt like it, it was a little more nerve wracking to be in that environment. At Disneyland, it felt like this just collective release. It felt so, like a moment of like, we have made it and we're going to be okay. So mm-hmm. let me ask you, because because the pandemic is, while it's not potentially it's probably worse now than it wasn't even in the summer, but, um, but we have vaccines and and we kind of know how to do it. But uh, does that speak to Disneyland versus Disney world where going back to Disney world is just like, Oh, okay. It's open now. And we just have to wear masks and be distant. And, and you're, like I've said, I wrote a blog about it. You're executing the theme park. You're not experiencing mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. So does that speak to the difference between a Disney world goer and a Disneyland goer? Is that it's so much more of a community? Yes and yes and no. So I think people have the exact same level of emotional attachment to Walt Disney World as they do to Disneyland. And I think that the exact same proportion of people refer to it as home in the same yeah. way. I'm a vacation club owner. They welcome me home every time I go. Welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> but they, uh, I think that at Walt Disney World, because it's a, it's more of a national draw, like people form their own community Global. there. Yeah. Like they, people, you know, they have families will bring in 30 and 40 members from across the country and meet up together and all wear t-shirts. So like they make like these microcosms. What? I've never done that. (laughs) (laughs) But like Disneyland, it's not really like that. Disneyland, it's more just like, it is more of a collective. And and what I said before was like, it's over, we've made it. I don't, in no way do I mean to minimize, like the pandemic is absolutely still happening and we all still have to wear masks. And like, I'm, I am fully on board with every single safety protocol, but it does feel like, I think, especially in California, we have a really high vaccination rate. Mm-hmm. And I think that it does sort of feel like we're turning a corner. You know, yeah. I think that's where like the emotional release came from is like, we have not been able to have this good thing in so long and we can finally have it back. And we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I think you wrote that the the closing of the park symbolized, oh, this is for real. This is a mm-hmm. big deal. And then the opening of the park is like, oh, that big deal thing is almost done. Yeah. It's like, it's not in no way is it over, but I think it was a moment of like, we're all going to be okay. That's great. That's a good feeling. I'm I'm jealous that I couldn't be there, even though they wouldn't have checked my ID. It was a really, honestly, it was a very special moment. It was something that it was really beautiful to experience. And I think that it was therapeutic in a way to just Mm. like let all that weight go, all that emotional weight go. And it's something I'm certainly not going to forget for probably ever. When I read that moment in the article with the, you know, the train whistle, it struck me as a moment where like everybody, it, it, at least it felt to me in reading it that it was like everybody had this feeling of like, I didn't even think about that. Right. Like I thought about riding the train. I thought about walking down Main Street. I thought about walking through the gates. But that very unique, very Disneyland moment that we all have taken for granted, I I know I never thought about that, but I mean, then when I read it, I was just like, oh, of course, 
that's steering yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Just, those were the opening moments of, of the opening day special on ABC was the, was Walt well, but, coming around the train. Well, but that, I mean, beyond that, that's, that's, that's opening. That's our opening day. Every time we've gone as we're, right. you know, where we want those of us who, maniacs who want to be the first people in, like, we know Disneyland's going out. to happen, and the last people out. We know that Disneyland's actually going to happen when he we hear that train whistle. Totally. And so when I read that, I, I was yeah, I, I teared up. Like, granted, I did also cry at the Dolphin Show at SeaWorld, but I mean that it was also it was it was a touching moment. Where I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. But at the same time, I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, anyway. I would definitely not consider myself a crier like I don't cry at movies really I don't like I'm just not I didn't cry going to Walt Disney World but mm. I was crying before I walked in the gates of Disneyland mm, like right. as a reporter I should probably not say that but uh I really it was it, as soon as I heard that train mm-hmm. I I just like everyone else I was like okay okay we're gonna be okay mm-hmm. right. we're walking and, into something really beautiful right now yeah and part of it is that shared experience too right it wasn't just mm-hmm. you that maybe you know influenced by the crowd and the emotions of the whole experience right it was absolutely moment. an emotionally charged moment and so. i i tried to talk to people for like maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes i i couldn't mm-hmm. I, I wanted to talk to people and just be like how do you feel being here like let's chat about it you know that's how i get that's how i do a lot of my reporting is not is it's not formal interviews. It's just like chatting with people to get the mood of what's right. going on in the place. Figure and on I, the pulse. I tried, to, there was a woman next to me with her best friend and they were like both women in their fifties, like decked out in their Mickey gear. And they're both crying and they're hugging each other and saying like, it's just so special to be here. We're so happy to be here. And I turned to them and I tried to say something and they both looked at me like, Oh, you're going to say something to us. And I just said, I can't <laughs> to turn away. That's powerful. So- yeah. Some thoughts I have. Um, number one, Disneyland versus Disney World. You can't ride the train at Disney World, so Disneyland is better. But um, you also don't have to open your bags for bag check. You can just walk through an x-ray scanner now at Disney uh, World. That is true and not true because if you have something like a big camera in there, they still check it. Fair. Um, and then the other thing is, do you think that this opening day will be... I don't want to say on par. This is going to be really dramatic. But do you think that people in 2021, when they're telling their grandkids they were at Disneyland's reopening day, will it be the same gravity? No, because I think that if – I'm sure that you guys observe this quite often with people who go to Disney a lot and understand Disney and love Disney versus people who are like casually interested and don't fully understand that emotional experience and emotional attachment to it. Like if you're trying to explain to someone who doesn't already love it, like why it was important. Like you guys understood it because you've all been there and you know what it's like, but mm-hmm. someone who is maybe like planning their first trip or like maybe went with their kids once and like, was like, okay, whatever. I spent a million dollars to take my kids there. Like, I don't think they care as much. I think you really have to, I think you have to be part of the community to really appreciate that moment. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, so more about going back and, and that it's a beautiful moment and I, I love it. And the, the article is great and please read it SF gate. Um, but about the rest of it, like, like you talked about the cleanliness and the rides feel faster and the scrims are clean. What else can you tell us that's not in the article that you want to share? Uh, they are using a secret entrance to haunted mansion right now. <gasps> Oh, I yeah. heard something about, mm-hmm. can you bypass the elevator? You can't bypass the elevator, right? You can bypass the elevator. 
I have not been fortunate enough to do that yet, but I'm going back tomorrow and I fully intend to talk my way in. By the way, I read an article by you that says you have to go through the elevator. (laughs) What what elevator? What? Hold on. I didn't know at that point. I didn't know that people, there was a secret entrance. Like I just went on the ride and then all of a sudden afterwards, people were walking downstairs into this like secret entrance. And I was just like, what has happened here? Sorry, Julie, Dan's confused because I don't, I don't keep saying elevator. He doesn't understand. Does this, you, are you thinking of a mall? Um, oh, Dan. Elevator? <laughs> but it, this is great because, Jimmy, it, when we discussed this a few weeks ago, we, we talked about that very thing. Right. And you said, oh, well, that's completely breaking the magic. But for so many of us Disney nerds, it's, wait, I get to walk down a, a, a staircase that only cast members can walk on? <laughs> yes. And we I joked about the fact point. that it's it's going to be poorly themed with blacklight and like little paper skeletons <laughs> from Party City. Like, what what is it? When okay, so <laughs> it's basically that. <laughs> I rode the ride. I and I saw the people going in. I went back out to the cast members and I was like, what is that? And they were like, it's just it's a if you can do stairs, it's like another entrance we're using. And I was like, okay, but is it for like the VIP tours? Is it like what entrance is that normally? And they were like, it's just an emergency exit. But it's completely themed and it's just to help. The, because they're, it, yeah, the queue is so spaced out now because of social right. distancing that it goes all the way back out into New Orleans Square and goes like right. the Pirates line and the Haunted Mansion line are like touching each other basically. Mm, Six perfect. feet apart, so, of course. And because then- it's no distance, but like, um, yeah, they were just like, it's to just get people out of that line. It's to just get them going in a different so, way. And you said they could only have six separate groups in the, I mean, the stretching room. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, hot tip, if you're in the stretching room and as it's stretching, if you look between the rail, the, 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 there's like brown wood, right? Before you get to the wallpaper with the stretching portraits. If you look between the tops of the heads of the people in there and the <laughs> and the wood beam that surrounds the perimeter, it looks like the people are shrinking. Yep. Huh. Go tomorrow. Take my advice. It looks like people are shrinking. It's fantastic. But you're going to take the stairs. Never mind. So wait, are you saying that they've always had theme a themed stairway? Yeah. That's insane. I watched a walkthrough and there's portraits in there. There's lots of theming. There's chandeliers. You know, it's not to the level that's inside the right watching itself, but it's there for sure. Wow. So it's almost like it should get a like a, a point for that if we were to be making oh, you know we're not there yet dan oh, just okay. relax right. um so. i mean we debate whether haunted mansion at disneyland's better all day long but it is so like i don't even know what there's we <laughs> we've already <laughs> done that episode and it was very <laughs> controversial <laughs> um but how do you yeah, feel so about the, speed ramps <laughs> but the the is is that like space mount or sorry haunted mansion's version of can i sit in the front row <laughs> or can i go on the stairs i think so <laughs> But honestly, like I, to me, that was one of the things I really didn't want to know when I went to Walt Disney World. They were not doing that pre-show at all, so you just right. walk straight yep. through the Six room, feet at a time. Yeah, right. but well, at Disneyland, it is really an elevator, and you really do have to go down it. So sorry, Dan. I was like, I was very upset when I learned that there wasn't one in Florida, and I was like, well, that's just one yeah. more point of Disneyland. And that's the, that's the argument I made, Julie, about going to Disney world during COVID is that you're not experiencing it. You're executing it. And that was the one example I gave is you're not, there's no show, there's no pre-show. You're just 
walking through this room six feet at a time. I definitely believe that you, if you're going for the very first time during the pandemic is not the right time no. to go for your first Walt Disney World visit, especially 100%. Walt Disney World. Disneyland, I would say it's actually probably fine, but um, the it's just very different. It costs the same and there's not as much. So like if you've been a lot and you know what you like and you can focus on the, the things that you really like to do, I think it's fine. I had a great time. I've been back during the pandemic. I've been several times mm-hmm. and I've had a really great time every time, even though a lot of the hotels are closed and a lot of the restaurants I want to go to are closed. Like you can just choose what you want to do and you have a great time doing it. Uh, I don't, I think that to me, the people who are saying like, it's not worth it. It's not as good. Like, I think you just either choose to enjoy it or you don't. Yeah. I have, an, I have another question about the Haunted Mansion stairs. As people were going down them, were they were they doing the narration? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get to do it. She <laughs> okay. To, she's going to find out tomorrow. <laughs> okay, to that okay. point, All right. how much can we shame people for doing the narration in the Haunted Mansion? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, no. Are you Wait, one wait. of them? Do you do, you do the narration? What are you talking? What are you talking about? The narration in the in the stretching room where uh-huh. people repeat the narration as the ghost host oh, is doing it. No, I am not about that. I do not okay. enjoy that. Can no. we shame them? Yeah. No. No. Thank you. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, and and when you were there on Friday, the April thirtieth, uh, for people in the future, um, the, the how many live streamers or vloggers did you see? Uh, you know, I. Not that many. I think that they all had inside tracks and got into the cast member previews. Oh, okay. I definitely saw some people. I saw some people with those like little miniature uh, selfie sticks that you're allowed to have, the ones that don't extend. Oh, okay. And that's always like the mark of the vlogger. Right. But I saw more media media. I saw camera crews everywhere. I think I saw six camera crews. I saw people with enormous cameras who are clearly there taking photos for LA times or OC register or like for newspapers. So that to me was like more, but I did, I mean, I spotted plenty of people. I spotted like, I spotted a couple podcasters. Like I think it's the crowd was thin enough that it was right easy to see those people. And like I had several moments where I ran into friends around the park or I saw people that I had been stood next to in line or sat on a, like not sat on a ride next to, but like waited in line near and chatted with, uh, through at moments throughout the park later. And that doesn't normally happen because it's too busy there. You don't recognize right. people in a crowd the same way. Um, so the live streamers or vloggers, like the live streamers or vloggers that, that are, that put them on camera and make it about themselves. Have you seen that before? Yeah. The point is that we, we observed that so many vloggers and YouTubers like have themselves on screen while they're trying to, catalog this event of Disneyland reopening and it's them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's not what I'm here to watch. <laughs> I completely agree. I have no patience for it. Okay. Uh, Thank you. I, <laughs> I do really appreciate, especially the POV videos on rides. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 And I like during the worst of the pandemic, when we were all really stuck at home, like this time last year, I just watched those. I watched those like over and over again. That was my escape was like, okay, one day I'll be back in the world and I'll be able to do this. Um, and I really enjoy that. And I think that it's really valuable for people who don't get to go to the parks very often to be able totally. to, to do that. To me, it's the, I'm going to stand here for 20 minutes videotaping myself and then 
take a bite of something that <laughs> does not interest I just think it's like too much talking. It's that's like the it's the video equivalent of recipe blogs where it's like sure. Oh my god! Here's your life story. (laughs) Give me the supreme recipe. (laughs) Get to the recipe. Yeah, exactly. I don't love those. Thank you so much. I I just you know I I liked you from the beginning, but I I think I'm in love. (laughs) Um. So all right. Uh, just some rapid fire. Then we're going to get into the main topic of the show. 47 minutes. in. (laughs) That's normal. Don't act like it's not normal. Yeah. Come on. All right. (laughs) This is rapid fire. Which Mm -hmm. is better? (laughs) Haunted mansion, Disneyland, haunted mansion, Disney world, Disneyland, monorails, Disney world, the castle. Mm -mm. Um, mm, this is extremely hard. Oh, we have two hours on it. Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna say Disneyland. Okay, um, very, very close, but Disneyland. The Matterhorn or Expedition Everest? Expedition Everest. Matterhorn is too jangly. My bones hurt afterwards. <laughs> but there's a lot of you trees. did listen. There are a lot of trees and um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun ride, and I wish that like I I I do ride it, but I only ride it like once every third or fourth park visit at night they've when it's got, faster. They've got to retract that thing. Um, it's closed right now for, for refurbishment. Okay. Indiana Jones or Dinosaur? Indiana Jones, definitely. Space Mountain. Disneyland. Thunder Mountain. Oh. Uh, oh, that's really tough. Um, I think Disney World. Yes. Um, Splash Mountain. <laughs> uh, I abstain. Oh, okay. I hate flume rides. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. If you uh, were to go on a flume ride involving a log, what sort of log would you expect? Oh, side by side? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I've been on the Walt Disney World one. I've only been on the Disneyland one. But if I had to choose one, I would mm-hmm. choose the Grizzly River Run in California Adventure. Yeah. There you go. Ooh. So Grizzly River Run versus Collie River Rapids. I've never done Collie River Rapids. You don't need to. Um, it, it, the park is so hot. That I, it's like the last thing it I want to do wait in line and then get even more wet. It is incredibly hot. All right, final and biggest. don't skip the boring ones. No, this is <laughs> okay, the most good. important. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Rancho del Zocalo <laughs> versus Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Cafe. Oh, that's so tough. I love them both so much. I'm going to say Pecos Bill though because yes. It, so okay, so. <laughs> Rancho has great food. I really enjoy the food. And I, for quick service, I think it's the best in Disneyland by far. But Pecos Bill, number one, they have a nacho bar. Like, come on. And then they did have, yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. Well, it'll come back one day. Yes, it will. But number two, when the parades happen, that is like the secret spot to watch the parades. Because, yeah, because you can sit on the patio. Yeah, you sit out on the patio, you get an amazing, super close-up view. You don't have to wait at all. You're just sitting at a table, like, enjoying a snack. And then you, like, that's where all the parade floats come out of. So you have, a, like, the best view and the most pleasant viewing experience. Huh. We did that episode because uh, we're trying to, we're complete, I'm a completist, and we're trying to get Frontierland done, and we had <laughs> to get the restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and where was that argument, Eric? Wow. But anyway, so... Um, <laughs> But most of that episode, like 90% of it was Casa de Fritos and the Frito Kid talk, <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah, I, that's a story I really want to do. I, I, about, I did it for you. You can just take a transcript. <laughs> okay, thank you. I will reach out to you and interview you when it comes time to do Great. that article. 
Um, all right, cool. So uh, I think it's time to talk about how to drink around the world at Epcot. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, I thought of a way to fix the tiki room. Okay. Okay. Can I? What can if, I? Can I let you do this for like two minutes while I do something else? It's it was it's a, so it's just a throwaway joke, and now it's ruined. But pretend you don't know that that it is. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> what if they had like like a new team that was managing it? Let's see. <laughs> a lot of the jokes on the show are like that, and it's usually from me and. The weird thing is, Julie, that I take pride in this. I'm really you take pride in in <laughs> suggesting that we find new management, perhaps under different birds. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, the, no, this journey. See, this, I I deserve to be punished like this, and this journey is way worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Just pray you don't meet the same fate as that attraction. Hmm. Which died by fire. <laughs> um, Julie, I do have a question though. As you're 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 getting there first, like when it opens, um, and you reach the hub, do you go left, right, or through the castle? In which which Disneyland? Part? Disneyland. Uh, in Disneyland, I yeah. usually go. It depends on the time of day, but I usually go straight into Fantasyland. Okay. I really, so much of what I love about Disneyland is that historicity, is really Mm -hmm. feeling like I am here. And if I, if I squint enough, I can look around and feel like it's 1955. I see. And I can really experience this park in the way that it was initially envisioned before it was this giant machine with park hopper tickets and, you know, all the, all the things that have added since then. Um, and Fantasyland to me is the purest expression of that because they have so many of the original rides there. Yeah, I so guess it is, I, isn't it? I really like to start there because that I like Peter Pan's ride is one of my Peter Pan's flight is one of my absolute favorite rides. Usually early in the day, the wait is not as long. Mm-hmm. So I like to try to just go in there, spend a few minutes, soak in the atmosphere in front of the castle, watch people with the sword and the stone, and then you know, do, do those, make the circuit, do those rides. And then from there, I'll usually head over to uh frontier land and then to new Orleans square. Hmm. Cause I, as soon as I'm done with like all the, all the lovely history, nostalgia, I'm like, it's time for haunted mansion. Okay. Um, the one thing that struck me and I've mentioned it before in the haunted mansion or excuse me, in uh, Peter Pan's flight in Disney world was, walking through and they got all the theming and Tinkerbell's tinkling around and you're in the darling bedroom. And then every five minutes, ladies and gentlemen, we're glad you joined us today. Please remember to keep your mask on and stay six. It's like, Oh, it's so magical. Thank you very much. My name is me. I only heard that one and it happens on the haunted mansion. Oh man. While you're on the ride. Yeah. Oh, because people were taking their masks off and the people are watching, like in your article? We're watching you in the dark. Yeah. It's like the surveillance is very interesting, but like as they should be, you know, it's good that they're saying you have to keep your masks on all the time. But honestly, like the the mask compliance that I saw was totally complete. Like I did not see anybody walking around, even with their mask below their nose. Like everybody was just bored. They were like, if we're going to be here, we have to follow the rules. And this is what. This is what we have to do to be here, and that's fine. And well, I asked Cass- 
at, at, sorry, before you at Disney World, it's like every five minutes on the the God mic. Did they not have that at Disneyland? Mm, I don't think that they need it yet. Huh. Hmm. I, at Disney World, people don't want to wear their masks. They have yeah, that's them. That's a good point. They will do anything they can do to not have to wear those masks. And they, like, I kind of get it. But I think at Disneyland too, they they've done a really good job of um, designating eating areas. So mm-hmm. most of the benches have stickers on them that say designated eating area. Mm. So that's where you are allowed to sit down and they're very frequent. There's a lot more seating at Disneyland than there is at Disney world. So it's very easy to just be like, okay, I need to take my mask off for a minute. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to drink some water and then put my mask back on and get back up and go. It's not as easy at Disney world. They have those designated mask. Free right. zone. Yep. But they're Comfort hard to stations. Take. Yeah. Like if you need a rest, walking 10 minutes across a blazing hot park is not the best way to get that rest. So I think that there's just like more temptation to take it off because it's not as it's it's not as easy to get a break where you're allowed to take it off. And there's so oh. much more outdoor seating at Disneyland because the weather's much better. Also, Jimmy, have you been to Florida? I have. Okay. A few times. Just, you know. Uh, okay, Julie, is there anything else you want to talk about with opening day or Disneyland or anything before we get into Epcot? Uh I don't know. I mean, I will say like I thought the wait times were Amazing. Totally fine. Like they were, they went, sometimes they went really up. Like I was at, so I did Disneyland Friday and then California Adventure Saturday. Sometimes Soren was at 80 minutes on Whoa. Saturday. Whoa. It was, it was high. But then 20 minutes later, it went back down to 30 minutes. So it's like, it just, it fluctuated a lot. But overall, the wait times were absolutely fine. I waited maybe 20 minutes to get on Radiator Springs Racers, which mm. I'm like, that's a single rider time wait time right like, oh yeah. yeah and i was a regular queue they don't have single rider anymore so it was it, it like overall it was just a lot it was a lot easier it was a lot less stressful than i thought it was going to be i thought there were going to be like a lot of complications and lots of weights and lots of difficulty but it was overall it was really nice that's awesome i love it i'm glad you were there i'm incredibly jealous we're planning to go in july if uh you know they'll allow out out of staters in but I'm watching it. When I do, I'll book it through concierge.com. <laughs> it's 856 <laughs> Um, All right. So Julie's here today to talk about how to drink around the world at Epcot. Now, this is a an important topic, heavily debated. And we are going to define the way you need to drink around the world at Epcot. There are 11 countries. Mm-hmm. Where to start, where to finish, how to start. Do you skip a country and then come back later? What? Um, yeah. I, we, uh, hey, Eric's got a take, man. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, That's he's got a take. He's got a take. Oh, no. But uh, anyway, so Julie's here to help us. She's going to be, I don't want to say she's going to be the judge, but she is going to break any ties. <laughs> and then she'll write an article about it on SFGate. Okay, great. <laughs> That's the second time you slipped that one in there. It's what? Not- oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I don't remember um, <laughs> talking about it. Um, anyway, so, okay. There are 11 countries in the World Showcase at Epcot. This is a permanent World's Fair. For those of you who don't know, and if you're listening to this episode, if you listen to the show at all, you know. Um, It's as you enter the World Showcase, you've got Canada on your right, you've got Mexico on your left, and then it progresses, which we'll get into. So, uh, Julie, as our guest, I'm going to let you go first and explain to us the way to drink around the world at Epcot. 
Okay. I have questions first though. Sure. Are you counting Africa as one of those countries? I Typically, think that's no, part of it. I, I think that that's part of the discovering the one the one way, way to, to do, do it. it. Yes, that's true. I think everyone's going to have their own take and it's just kind of what makes the most sense. Okay. And Africa is not an official pavilion. It is the outpost between, uh, what is it? Between uh, China and Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Also, I, just in case I, someone I, listening I, to this needs to know, also, it's not a country. Yeah, that's Africa is not a country. That's correct. <laughs> South Africa is. Yeah. It's. I just think it's. I have a hard time with that. So I generally don't pay much attention to it because I'm like, I just wish this didn't exist here. Uh, okay. My second question is: Do you have firm rules in place for like what, uh, how you do it? Like, is do you is this is this the best way to do it? If you are if you have to stop at every country, or are you just like allowed to do whatever you want. Well, I, I, so the the point of this episode is to define those rules, but okay. I think as a level setting agreement, it must include the 11 pavilions in one day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like this. I'm good. Yep. Well, and Jimmy and I have a way that we have been doing it. Um, but we, I don't know if that's the, I, I don't think that needs to be our starting point, but it sounds like maybe that might be part of the question. I don't know. So, uh, okay. So my, I, this is tough. Okay. The way that I like to do it is I like to stay on the Crescent Lake Epcot to Hollywood Studios loop so that you go into the international gateway to enter. Okay. So you enter in the international gateway, enter in the world showcase already. And you are currently at, you, you walk over the bridge. It's like so nice to take the boat there or you take the Skyliner. It's just like the transportation on that side is just wonderful. Uh, you get in and you can either take a right to France, to France, yep. Or you can take a left to the United Kingdom. Can we take a sidebar and agree that if you've never been to Epcot before, do not enter through the World Showcase? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, thank good you. point. Yes. Okay, I was if I was just like going on a on a day when I wasn't staying at one of the hotels on that loop, I would go in the main gateway of the World Showcase and I would go right okay, and I would to France. Off. I would walk, well, to Canada. But oh, then sorry, would, sorry. Yeah, got it. I would bypass Canada and UK, and I would start at France. Okay, mm. so either way, you're starting in France. The long, the the short answer to this is always start at France. Okay. I, I know this is an unpopular opinion. I Most people that I've talked to about this believe that you go left, you get a margarita in Mexico first. And, and I'm fully on board with those margaritas, but I like to start the day with a glass of champagne from the wine bar in France. Okay. So I'm writing notes. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm, I think it's probably put you on the spot. So here's what I'm going to contend. Okay. Regardless of where you enter, you're on a rascal. You're on a rascal. You're on an ECV. <laughs> Come that's on. The, Cause that's the only way to, that's the most luxurious an awesome way to do it. That's not where That's I was Jimmy going. I we can argue well, that later. <laughs> I don't know that there's an argument against it, to be honest. I mean, just I think, mean, if you think again, about it, you gotta, you have to like get that stuff through your system. You need to walk it out. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, Dan. Need I, is. I, okay. So I guess it's, it, it's what's your end goal. I guess if it's, if it's like just a complete, 
cluster supreme. I did it for you, Eric. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> then I think our method, Jimmy, is I love that you supreme best. for Christmas. <laughs> However, I think, Jimmy, we've been doing it wrong, and I think we've known this the whole time and just haven't admitted it to ourselves. Okay. I think what we're going to end up deciding is that you have to get the drink that the country's kind of well, known So, yeah, for. and I, I wrote these notes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset and start over again here. So the, the question is, where is the starting point? Where is the ending point? What do you drink in each country? Do you stick to one type of alcohol? Do you stick to just beer or do you drink the stereotypical drink of that country? Um, and then, and then when do you start? We just though, can we just say like, it's not definitely not the stereotypical drink of the country. It's like Florida's version of what that country. Oh yeah. But but, totally transparent about like, we are in a fantasy world where this is like the depiction of these countries. 100%. Right. But that's the stereotype of those countries that Disney made, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. The generalization. So France, wine, Japan, sake, Germany, beer, you know, that, that sort of thing. Right. So those are the questions of a starting point. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw this out as a starting point. Okay. This is, this is the current only way to drink around the world at Epcot. I'm going to throw it out first and then we can debate. Okay. You start in Canada, mm-hmm. regardless of where you enter, hmm. and you drink beer the entire way until you get to Mexico where you drink tequila as a finishing. And then you ride the boat ride. You ride the Three Caballeros ride. And you're only allowed three hours. Mm, wait, are, are you, so are you saying that this is the way you imagine most people do it or the no, way? No, I'm saying this is, I, I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. This is the way to do it. That is the literal worst take I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, man. A worse well, because he didn't mention the rascal. <laughs> I don't, like, what is that? Are you, it's I, an electronic convenience vehicle. I well, I, <laughs> By the way, we're not joking. We this is how we do it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm so I didn't. I don't feel like I answered the question very well. Okay, yeah. So, so counterpoint. Super quickly, mm-hmm. I like to start at France at the wine bar. Mm-hmm. I like to either eat or drink something in every country as I go around. So I like There's to no either. I like no. <laughs> no, if you're gonna drink, some, if you're gonna drink something in every country, you are gonna be. On the floor, like yeah, it's yeah. That's, the point. <laughs> that's what we do. No, no, no. That's what no, you do. It. For me, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I like to do every other, and then I like to when I've done the entire loop, <laughs> go back to France, and then finish at the wine bar and that bakery. <laughs> okay, so you're telling so, me, so this is how an adult drinks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you're Damn. telling me you don't drink in every country. <laughs> No, I think you do, but you also eat because, like, she yeah, said, she's or. a reasonable person and not a maniac. Like you. <laughs> no, I mean, trust me, I have been like in pretty good shape sticking to these. Like, it's <laughs> like I have definitely been very drunk in Epcot doing this exact thing. But like, you have to eat something in between. Usually, well, sure. I mean, I'm not saying. Or like a hundred degrees. There's no shade. There's nowhere to sit. That's like, true. If you do not keep your carb level up, like you are going to die. No, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm not saying you only drink. I'm saying you have to have a drink in every country. But really, let's be honest. We kind of only drink. <laughs> well, sure. But beer is liquid bread, right? 
Right. <laughs> I don't like I am so attached to like specific drinks in specific countries that I will go with my own corksicle. Oh wow. And I will like I will order two different wines in France and I will have one in the plastic cup they give you. Mm-hmm. And I'll put the other one in the corksicle so that I can like drink one while I'm sitting there and then I can walk with the next one. That's good. Can we yeah. can we explore what a corksicle is? <laughs> <laughs> it's those like insulated like wine glass tumblers that all the uh, soft have. Got it. So, but but I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take you back for a minute because the challenge is having a drink in every country. That's the point of this drinking around the world thing. <laughs> I'm saying ultimately, I do that in two loops. Okay, mm-hmm. so you do it in one day. Yeah, you just do it in two loops. Okay, now yeah. Eric has a take. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the two loops and raise it an additional loop. Nice. What? You start out, so the, full full transparency here, I've only actually done this once. Um, I've been to Epcot what? plenty and I've drunken plenty, <laughs> but just once uh, <laughs> completing the entire circuit. And you did it by accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't my intent. It wasn't even purposeful, Who, but... Jimmy, are you also having a moment where you're like, I think I'm the broken one? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, but but we can't like for the sake of this episode, they're the broken ones because <laughs> this is the whole freaking premise of this episode, right? right. No, I know, oh, man. but it's 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 just so some backstory. If I mean, and listeners, this will be very very apparent. Jimmy and I generally, what will happen is I will come up with the bad idea, and Jimmy will will say, "Yes, we need to do that." Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> so here's okay here's the what we've been doing <laughs> you get the rascal and of course you get it at the beginning of the day because you're not going to walk around like a sucker <laughs> and then and then you start roughly three hours before the three hours closes. you gotta give yourself three hours right three hours <laughs> no more no less you go all already start in france <laughs> you go you go around you have to watch the American Journeys. American Adventure. <laughs> Sorry, American Adventure. And if anyone falls asleep, they will be punished later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then... and then, how, who's, how is somebody going to win? These are both the worst takes. Yeah. Well, I... Inti- You're the final say. <laughs> You're the final say. <laughs> the thing is, like, the rascal is slower than walking. Yeah, oh. it is. Therefore, it's safe. What are you so doing? when people when people angrily yell at you for drunk driving, you can very sensibly and drunkenly say, "Actually, it's only like two miles an hour," and then you you drive away with your empties rattling in the, <laughs> in the cart in front of and, you. And another rule: you have to keep all of your empties in the little cart in front because yes, they're your trophies. <laughs> and if you have more than two people, you have to constantly be in a flying V. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is this the point of this episode? I, I thought oh, we no. were aligned on this. <laughs> I'm not part of the V. That wasn't me. I wasn't there. I, I you I'm, will be. I'm learning things about myself and about Jimmy and <laughs> <laughs> about whether we enable each other or not. <laughs> Let's be honest. Vicky helped. That's true. Well, th- that time. <laughs> yeah, we've done this like three times. <laughs> yeah, good. Something like that. I yeah. met. So the, here's why I don't think we're crazy. 
is that this is a thing that, <laughs> this is a thing that people do, right? Mm-hmm. And I met a, a couple. We were doing that Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom thing. I think you were there, Dan. We were doing I, the yeah. Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. That was when, rest in peace. When we had our magic satchel. That's right. And um, and we met a couple who does the Epcot challenge twice in the <laughs> same day. So they have to. They do two loops of. They everything? do twenty-two alcoholic <laughs> beverages in one day. Huh? And like, they were fine. They were fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, they have a good system. That's what I, I like to do. I like to do like one loop and then sometimes another half a loop. Sometimes I'll take the boat back and then do a half loop, and then go do the future world stuff. Like then go on okay. Soren, then go on Nemo, take a little while, and then go back and do like one more loop. And and usually like try to try to sit down somewhere and have like a rest and like an actual thing. Like I like to try to go to La Cellier and even if there's two of us and we just like share one something, it's nice to just sit down and have a break and have some actual food. What a and waste of time. Do another loop. Jimmy, <laughs> wow. I think I think we unintentionally staged an intervention for ourselves. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> my friend, this is a marathon, not a sprint. If okay. you were to survive a hot park day in Epcot drinking all day long, yeah. you got to have some real technique to this. No, just that's hours. the thing. <laughs> that's the thing, Julie. It's not it is it is 100% a sprint and <laughs> I've already done all the things at Epcot. Yeah. We're now, now it's time for drinking. <laughs> How many times have you thrown up in the no, none times. In the park, zero. <laughs> outside the park. Just like people uh, who died at the parks. That almost. nobody's died in the parks. So was at the hospital. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. That's all right. The point of adulting drinking is that you don't throw up. You just, you like keep an even level all day and you just have a really great time for a long time. Yeah. You just got that nice smile plastered on your face. And, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. There's smiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we debate this officially... <laughs> Uh, Eric, you had suggested, and I know you, you kind of touched on it a little earlier, but every third, so you go to a thing, you go, you pass two others and you do the third one and then you pass two others, do the third and you just make like three loops. So you're getting all of your metabolism, you're burning all the calories and you're not drunk. Indeed. Now this particular time happened during food and wine festival, um, where, my point was to visit as many kiosks as I possibly could, but I was getting full pours from the various establishments along the way because, okay, why not? Um, My preferred start is usually the United Kingdom because regardless of which direction we go, I tend to come in through the international gateway as well. Um, And it's nice to get a, nice to get a bass in the morning. In the morning. Um, (laughs) <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Uh I think Before, you might have a problem, Eric. <laughs> no. Oh yes, no. I, have, I have so Yeah, I have champagne for breakfast from Brent. No, I fully am on board with this. Yeah, it's oh, it's I, fine. No it's judgment. Fine. We're back to liquid bread here. Um, but you move forward. Japan uh, Japan has plenty of great beers. You can also get a, a decent sized sake that has a similar amount of alcohol and gives you a good experience. Um, Germany's definitely beer. Norway always—they've uh, got that little cart outside where they've got—they they have beer there as well. Usually, a porter, which seems a little little off uh, for for Florida, but mm-hmm. works out very well. Um, also, their their lager is very good, and and I, if you say "tus and talk" to them when you leave, they're very happy. You're saying a thousand thanks. 
Except um, right now, when it's Doris from New Jersey, who's right? Yes. <laughs> right now, there are no Norwegian, <laughs> no Norwegian people there. Uh, but yeah, I, I tend to drink a fair amount of, of beer at these places. It it kind of depends, but um, uh, yes, the Mexico margaritas are pretty fantastic. Canada tends to be beer. We've got at the little popcorn uh, kiosk with the burnt maple popcorn. Right, right. You can get a La Fin du Monde. Oh um, God, that'll or kick you. Some other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'll kick your supreme (laughs) i enjoy la fin du monde and every time i go to la cellier it's it's got to be one of the unibrow beers there um let's see circling back to france i i must admit i'm not a huge wine drinker but uh, i do like a cronenberg Um, 1664 they were the sponsor of our last podcast on scraping the ball they were um morocco don't say uh, slushes either the what the, oh yes, the frozen drinks at the kiosk, the like mm. vodka, like the frozen vodka lemonade or orange creamsicle thing. It, they're very good. Yeah, the orange is fantastic. Yeah, the orange is obviously the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Morocco tends to be beer. I'm I'm looping around again, even though I didn't do the the every third on this. Morocco tends to be beer. Um, American Adventure. Okay, fine. Find a craft beer you may not have had before. Italy. I I, I think. I mean, sometimes I've had wine there. Sometimes I ha- I've also had a beer. They um, have grappa margaritas that are fantastic. Oh, I've not had one of those. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Very sweet. And it's at the little kiosk. Nice. Um, China, uh, I I have had some of their beers, but I, I really like the Baijiu. Qingdao. Um, <laughs> yeah, Qingdao is very good. Um uh, Baijo liquor they've got at one of the little kiosks there um, that makes a really, uh, really good cocktail. Um, and sometimes if you're really going for broke, you can if it's during a festival, you can walk over to the Odyssey and visit the, mm-hmm. the Florida craft beer yeah, those area are good. as well. But if you're doing it in three loops, going every third, you've got time to consume something. This especially works well during food and wine or any of the other festivals with food kiosks. Mm-hmm. You have time to enjoy. You stop. You sat, stand at a table, eat, look at the water. The other key to this is you have to watch all of the movies. Mm-hmm. Got to experience World Showcase. I agree. Right. You've got it because it's it's really freaking hot. So you got to go inside. You got to see Wonders of China. Um, you got to. I haven't seen the new Canada film, but it's uh, not great. I, I mean. Oh, okay. Well, you can't go wrong with Martin Short. So that's true. Stand in the theater and watch the Martin Short. Except of Canada. that it's not Martin Short. It's uh, it's Eugene Levy and um, no. O'Hare. I'm saying, even though you should, you objectively you should be able to enjoy Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Uh, you'd think that would be awesome, but if you don't like that, stand in the theater and stream. Oh, Short yeah. of Canada. Totally. And then when you're done, you can stream uh, Clifford, also Martin Short. Movie. Oh God. Well, okay. I yes. those because, like, I'm just so tired already that standing and watching a movie is just that's painful. why you can leave. Get the rascal. That's why you get the rascal. rascal it's not the, the building. You have to leave it outside, right? You sure can. Well, but then if you in those moments, it's like, oh, I get to stretch my legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting maybe, all day. Yeah, doing this all wrong. I, I think you have. I mean, listen, I respect you like crazy, but I think you've been doing this wrong. <laughs> wow. basically uh, so, if you if you look at the whole experience as how would a trash person do it that's how we do it 
Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's so fun. <laughs> and it is true. And, and so a couple of fun notes. You know, we, we've already established that Epcot is the Disneyfication of, of these places, right? That's stereotypical and whatever. Mm-hmm. So much so. A good example is in the Norway Pavilion for years, the beer they served was Carlsberg, which is from Denmark. Mm-hmm. In their sweet shop, you can get Swedish fish because it's Norway. You can get Swedish fish, which is made in Canada. It's <laughs> <laughs> great if they just like throw it across the <laughs> yeah and, and the lake. <laughs> so that's the theming, and that's before Frozen. But anyway, so and also I enjoyed on the Great Wall of China. I enjoyed a Qingzhou beer, which cost me fifty cents. And I drank it on the Great Wall of China, and uh, uh, um, a part of the China Wall broke off, and it's in my house. Broke <laughs> off like you used the force, but like broke off without. No, it's working. old, and there were some there's some loose. There pieces. was a rascal problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Oh, okay. That's, oh, I don't think I told this on the show. I had a dear friend no, who's, you, 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 who's you, since did I? Well, yeah, I mean, you could tell it again, but I'm just saying you, you did. Yeah, yeah, nobody listens. Julie hasn't heard it. So I had a dear friend who got a rascal every time for back problems. And we were we were doing this very special event we're talking about now. We were drinking around the world. We're in France. And uh, she was on her ECV, took a corner, and took a corner of the building off with her basket that's on the front. And <laughs> a corner of the France building came off and... Oh no! So did the basket. The basket came off. So she's had the basket at her feet the rest of the day, and then she brings it back. It's like, oh, this fell off, and they're like, oh, we're so sorry, ma'am. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they remodeled that whole building. Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, you all made right. Disney so, history. What's that? You made Disney history. That's right. Uh, you're welcome. And um, anyway, so all right. I don't know how we're going to get to the bottom of this thing because. I thought we were all very clearly aligned on how to do this. <laughs> so, you, Julie, you're the official about this. You're, yeah, we should have. You're the official you know, tiebreaker judge on this thing. So, yeah. you, you tell us. Do you do and, it like a like a sane person or like a damn maniac? <laughs> but the point is, if we can, if we can agree, and maybe this is hypothetical, but if we can agree that the Epcot Drinking Around the World Challenge must include all 11 countries and maybe the African outpost. Mm -hmm. In what order do you do it? How long do you give yourself? And then you said skipping. So, but, but the premise is you must have one alcoholic beverage in each country. Can we agree on that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then you've already established you start in France and then what do you alternate? You said a couple of loops. I, I like to alternate because the, and I also like the thing about Epcot, the Epcot of today is that the festivals are not limited anymore. No, they're constant. The Festival of the Arts goes straight into flower and garden, goes straight into food and wine. So like, it's it's not strictly limited to just the 11 actual pavilions anymore. There's lots and lots of That's true. Yes. So like, I really like to... I really like what they're serving. I think that Flower and Garden has the best food. I, you know what? Honestly, I did. Before this year's International Festival of the Arts, I thought Flower and Garden had the hands-down best food. Wow. The food that I ate in January 
at Festival of the Arts, I was blown away by. It was mm-hmm. like sculptures of like, I had this thing in Canada that was like a rose water panna cotta in a chocolate shaped like a rose. It was the most beautiful, delicious thing I've ever eaten. Wow. And I was just like, this is incredible. Like the food, it's like the artistic food at that festival is incredible. So, so yeah, like country hop, but I, it's more like a kiosk hop. I started in France with my wine, always started in France with champagne. And then like, I'll usually walk through Morocco. I'll usually walk, honestly, like depending on how quickly I drink or whether I get two glasses and pretend one's for someone else. Right. Uh, I sometimes I'll glide right into Germany. And I'll go for that grapefruit beer next. Wow. Oh, yeah. Good reprieve. That's, yeah. That's what, 2.5%? That's pretty good, though. Yeah. And then, like, I, you know, I actually really do the, so the whiskey cocktails in America are really good now. Those are like relatively new. That, that like whiskey bar that's in like the, on the left side of the American Adventure building. Yeah. With the, with the smokehouse. Cask and Larder, is that what it's called? Something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of permanent, you know, permanent temporary uh, yeah. kiosk. Yeah. There were and, really good whiskey cocktails there. Is that where then- they sell M-hops? <laughs> it's the, the Hansen beer. Is that really true? They really have it there. They really have a Hansen beer. It's called M-hops. Oh, I know. They have I had it. I didn't know it was really at Disney. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. And Kurt Russell Family. has wines there. He's got Goldie yeah. Hawn wines. This is, so this is a whole different thing. We should do – pardon me while I invite myself back. But <laughs> a whole – there's a thing called the Disney family of wines. Okay. Fess and Parker. It, yeah. Fess Parker. It's people who are like really, – Disney doesn't own – doesn't have any stake in the actual wineries. But it's people who are involved in Disney and who like created wineries afterwards. So yes, Fess Parker is everywhere. Fess Parker is like the biggest one. Right. He plays Jimmy Crockett. Right, but then Kurt Russell's Goji Wines is part of it. So it's uh, like wine. It's like Wine Org instead of Sea Org. Yeah. yeah oh no. Exactly. Yeah. But there's like um. Uh, that wasn't supposed to be jokey, but it came out jokey, and I apologize. I think <laughs> oh. eleven wineries, and the wow. only the only place that you can get the complete list of the Disney family of wines is in Disneyland at that the like little annual pass holder terrace that's above Mendocino Terrace. The, the wine bar in California Adventure. Yeah. But you can also get some of – you can get it at California uh, – Grand Californian Hotel too. But like in Florida, if you don't know what you're looking for, it's hard to find it. Like at – some of the restaurants have some of the wines, but uh, it's a whole – it's like this secret thing that I like to – it's one of the things that I sit at bars and restaurants in Disney World and be like, you know, this is the Disney family of wines. And the bartenders are like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – Well, most – most of what you see at Disney World is the Once Upon a Vine line, which is which is okay. But yeah, you don't always look at you don't think of Fred McMurray's wines or George Lucas's line mm. or Diane Disney Miller's line yeah. of wine. Um, you just there's, this right now? Did you just bring this up? No, he's got it. He writes blogs. I just, no, I I wrote a blog about this last. Amazing. Year. I just love the Fred McMurray. I don't know why that delights me That's, so much. Fred McMurray's <laughs> the one who stuck with me. Yeah, I would say that, like Colorado, like Diane. Diane Disney's wines are really good. Are they? So good. Is they're she a Santa like, Barbara wine person or is she? No, Napa? they're from like the fanciest part of Napa Valley. Nice. By the way, the Napa grape is clearly a better grape. But the, anyway, um, so by the way, Julie, um, your your whole conversation about these are the Disney family wines and the bartender, you know, 
shrugs or whatever. Clearly, you're our people. <laughs> and as far as you coming back, you're actually uh, officially a member of the podcast. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you bought a mic. <laughs> Tune in next time. Um, okay. So, all right. <laughs> this is not I think, how I... So, wait, I think so. I think if we're going to try to uncover something, I think I'm noticing maybe... A, a thing that's unwrapping itself here. There's kind of the, let's say the adult way to do this. And then like the, and I'm going to say this for us, Jimmy, the like advanced, like, um, warrior alcoholic. version, alcoholic, I think a warrior the version. Okay. Oh, by the way, we came up with a, a social club. Yeah. And by You're the way, with- I don't know why we haven't been calling it the International Blues Cruise all of our lives. <laughs> That's a good point. And why this, this episode will be titled the International Blues Cruise. But anyway, uh, so Julie, you're familiar with social clubs at Disney Parks, right? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we developed a social club mm-hmm. because you, by the way, must do the uh, <laughs> International Blues Cruise on an electronic convenience vehicle or yes. ECV. Yes. <laughs> so we... Started the ECVs, the Epcot Cocktail, cocktail Voyagers. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Right? <laughs> that's a good one. So let's work on this premise for now. Okay. So the Epcot, <laughs> Epcot, if you're going to be a member of the ECV, the Epcot Cocktail Voyager Social Social <laughs> Club, how do you drink Warriors. around the world at Epcot? Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> how do you drink around the world at Epcot? That's the conversation I want to have. So wait, are we are we talking about this is the good way to do it, or this is like the way to get into the club? Okay. So we're gonna have two two conversations and, <laughs> and we need to eventually get out of here. So yeah. number one is we're gonna have two versions of the definitive way to drink around the world. The <laughs> the Voyager version, mm-hmm. the, the and warrior. The- and, the and then the version. adult the, responsible version. It's civilian, the boring people way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the people who like to enjoy the taste. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe want to... Whatever like, that is. <laughs> write about it later or... I just want yeah. to say, like, I literally have refilled my wine glass during this podcast by holding it under the table so you wouldn't hear me pouring the wine. Yes. Nice. So we're merging here as... Oh, you're part of the club. <laughs> you know, you can just... Julie, you can just mute it because that's when I open another beer. <laughs> but by the way, one Zencaster. I'm. I don't know. I don't know fancy. There's a there's a it, there's a mute button just below the hand next to your name. Um, or anyway. the solution that I would propose is just stop doing it under the table. I literally just I hit it under the table so it would not that's make. So fun. <laughs> so it sounds to me you need to be a member of the ECVs, and if you are, where do you start? Where do you end? How long do you give yourself? And are you on an ECV? Like, if you're on an ECV, you have infinite loops, right? Like, yes, you can. Yeah. It's not like oh, I don't have the energy to walk back here. Oh, it's no. like okay, well, I'll just like zipper. Do I have enough battery? Yep. Okay, let's go. Yeah, okay. it's it's. Am I thinking clearly? Do I have the mental capacity? <laughs> <laughs> so if that's the case, people. Julie, under this premise, okay. you're on an ECV. How do you do this? <sighs> I okay. So I would do it in three. I would absolutely do it in three loops. Three loops. Okay. And I would and do it. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, you're starting in France. 
Yes. Obviously starting in France because that's how life is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'm going to say like, well, also like what time of day is it? Like it's, there's so that's many. The point. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm starting in the morning. Oh God. <laughs> You've got a problem. <laughs> no, like, here's what I want to do is I want to go. I want to do a pot from like 11 to like 630. Oh. And then go back to my hotel and soak in the pool for a while. Oh, because you're saying you go the, to the springs. Yeah, like staying at Crescent point. Crescent yeah. Lake. Not my first rodeo here, like because if like as you know, Disney vacations, like you're getting up the next day and you're gonna do rope mm-hmm. job at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, like you don't have a day to just die. So you oh. like you gotta be ready. <laughs> uh, so okay. Julie, the Crescent Lake is it Boardwalk, Beach Club, Yacht Club, or Swan and Dolphin? I actually really like Swan and Dolphin. I do too. I'm a Marriott guy. I exactly like. I think the other hotels are lovely. I I've never stayed at them because I don't have that much cash. But I have friends who stayed at them and I've like explored them plenty, mm-hmm. and they're lovely. But Swan and Dolphin is like half the price, and the pools are very very nice, and you they still get fun. all the amenities of being able to like take the boat anywhere you want, and you can walk to either park. It's great. Uh, that's Hollywood Studios or Epcot. Um, yeah. But if you're booking through concierge, do not stay at Walt Swan and Dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So anyway, that was sidebar. So, okay. So this is not your first rodeo. I'm starting in France mm-hmm. at 11 a.m. And I'm getting a ham and cheese croissant from the bakery. Ooh. And I'm getting a glass of champagne from the wine bar. Okay. And at that point, I am like laying the groundwork to let them know I'm going to be back a few times throughout the day. Oh. Hmm. Because let me tell you, it is very embarrassing, <laughs> but also very gratifying to have them be like, you're back again. <laughs> I, I like this. Every single time. Yeah. Happens every time. Uh, okay. Being so, a regular is important. <laughs> a regular at the France Pavilion in Epcot. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I'm doing first. Champagne, ham and cheese croissant. Then I'm going to bypass Morocco. I'm going to go to Japan. Mm. I'm going to get that violet sake. Mm. That is a delicious cocktail. It's a little sweet for my taste, but it's the least sweet of all their drinks. And plus, it's beautiful and takes great Instagrams. Is that a violent sake or a violet sake? Violet. <laughs> purple. Okay. It's like and is it inside sake. of the the store? No, it's in that little like kiosk that you walk past. Okay. Then, I'm going to say bypass America and Italy because the cocktail is pretty big mm-hmm. and go to Germany, get a grapefruit beer. Okay. They also, you know what? The wine bar in Germany is actually like pretty good. Yeah. Depending on how hot it is and what time it is, I'll usually get a grapefruit beer. This last time I did it a couple weeks ago, I did a grapefruit beer and like half of that pretzel. Cause I was like, I was mm. like, I can't take up that much room. This pretzel is way too big. Yeah. You got to soak it up. Yeah. I always skip Africa because on moral grounds, because it's not a country, and I think it's right. crappy the way that they just stuck it in there. Agreed. Uh, I will often go to Norway next because it's time to stop at that bakery. I love that bakery. Their school bread is like school bread, one of my favorite yep. thing. School bread. Uh, they also have uh, you can get wine, you can get beer there. They have a Viking coffee. Ooh. In the bakery, which is like, and it's like a spiked. It's like an espresso martini iced coffee. Okay. 
It is no joke. It has, I think it has vodka and Kahlua. It has like something, something a little sweet, but like it's pretty good. And that's a good point in the day to like energize yourself. Yeah. And I would have also accepted Lefsa at the. Oh yes. Lefsa is my go-to. No, no offense against school bread, but Lefsa is is mine. It's basically like a butter, sugar, cinnamon in a tortilla. Okay. Okay. I've had the cream horns too, but I've been disappointed by those. Like if they're sold out of school bread, I'll get the cream horns and it's like, eh, what's this? Yeah. No, yeah Lefse is more subdued. It's potato, um, it, like a potato tortilla. Yeah. <laughs> that but, good. Yeah. I should try that. Yeah. Okay. So after Norway, you going okay. straight to Mexico or? No, I am going to like in my heart of hearts, what yeah. I would do at this point is I would go to Canada and I would have lunch at Le Cellier. Mm. Mm. And I would have, like, just, I, like, I will often, if I just have, like, if I'm just there with, like, one friend, I will just share one steak and the poutine. And it's, like, absolutely enough food. It's delicious. It's a really nice air-conditioned break. I love that restaurant so much. And then, obviously, like, we're going to have wine there. Right. I was in the UK. I don't know like like it very much if i have to get something in the uk i'll get a hard cider but i don't mm. like beer very much and that's like beer takes up too much room in my system yeah i don't it just drags me down i just i'm not into it i would much rather eat the fish and chips there and count that as my stop okay fair uh then you're back to france i'm back to france hey I'm it's good to see you <laughs> i'm you're back, back. <laughs> wine bar again this time i'm usually getting like a white wine like I'll get a champagne uh, sometimes. Sometimes I'll get the uh, the orange, the frozen orange drink, which yeah. is very good. Um, but it depends on like my sugar levels. Because like if I like if I'm like having way too much sugar for the day, I'll just start to feel sick and I won't want to drink anymore. Yeah, you, I got to maintain the level. I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. At what time of day is this, by the way, Julie? Like this is probably like two. Okay. All right. But like you get like a one o'clock Lasalle reservation. Mm-hmm. It's probably two o'clock. Uh, the, okay. So stopping at France again, probably getting like a white wine. Then this time bypass Morocco and Japan and then get a whiskey cocktail at the American Adventure. Okay. I don't like Italy very much. I don't often stop there. I'm just going to I don't like it. I just. There's not much to do. It's, it's all restaurants. It's all restaurants and there's like no walk-up food. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't know. That's one that I don't stop at very often. Like I'll take a picture there. It's pretty, but mm, it's whatever. If I have to get a drink there, I'll get like a Prosecco or like a Limoncello. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite at all. Carlo I've actually never been to Italian restaurants there either. I've, I've never been to any of them. I take that back. I've been to one of them. Yeah. I, I heard that like the pizzeria is like, okay, but right. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much more delicious stuff. Yeah, I oh, feel yeah. like they made the Italy Pavilion for like a sitcom family from the 80s. Yeah. And like totally. just didn't update it at all. Right, right. Just, just be like, and this is where the families will eat that when they come here for the very special episodes. <laughs> you know, it just has that feel of like there's there's nothing it's just, honestly and this isn't because it's Italy, it's just the whole thing just feels like it it just it's like Alfredo sauce. Yeah, like it. It's just like I'm. It's it's like. Would you like? Do you like Alfredo sauce? Yes, of course I do. Okay, here's a jar of it. Drink it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not, it's not the kind of food I want to eat in Epcot. Right. 
Yeah. Okay. So we'll say we'll get a Prosecco in Italy. Just right. something like light, sweet. We're done. Again, skipping Germany. We skip Africa. Uh, China, I don't, I will say, like, I've heard really good things about those melon cocktails at the, mm-hmm. at the kiosk. I've never had one because I always just have another drink. I usually have a grapefruit beer in my hand. Oh, and I'm yeah. not done with it yet. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to skip it. Uh, so I don't know. I can't vouch for the China cocktails. Then I'll go straight past Norway and end in Mexico at La Cava de Tequila. And I will usually try Cabo. to sit down and have like, they have this delicious like guacamole queso appetizer thing. And you just sit down and have a cocktail and have another nice, like very nice break for the day. And be in air conditioning for a while have the really good pineapple mint margarita and just like fill out and then decide whether you can handle another lap or if you want to go on Soren and try not to throw up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you have, uh, if you're on, on an ECV, then yeah, simple. I don't, I think I would feel better walking, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> I know. Metabolize things a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say another popular, well, one of my more popular choices at the end of the day is to get onto uh, spaceship earth and get a little sentimental and misty eyed and mm. yeah, turn a little bit away from my wife. So she doesn't see my eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, mm-hmm. yeah. that is how you end the day. Always. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. I will go I, down. I'll go down into Tomorrowland. I will. Always, I won't always wait for Soren. It's a lovely ride, but sometimes that walk is very long. And mm-hmm. also, if the wait is long, I'm just like, I don't have this. But Nemo, you can always walk on. And Nemo, I love that ride. It's a good it's ride. Then do Spaceship Earth. Then feel the feels, or make weird selfie faces when they're taking your picture. Yes, totally. For like the future. Yep. Then go back to the World <laughs> Showcase. End with a delicious glass of red wine in France. Get some eclairs to take home. And then go to your swan and dolphin. mm -hmm. I want to make an argument, though, that this mental state is the only way that anyone should ever ride journey into your imagination. Oh, God. Because. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) you could just enjoy how awful it is. It's so bad. It's terrible. It's bad. And, but if you're like, if you're drunk, then you could just be like, ah, this is ridiculous. It's fun. It's the only time I enjoy that ride is when I'm after. That's fair. Right? That's fair. It's state so, specific yeah. enjoyment. It's a thing that people that like us, like Jimmy and I are aware of. Yeah. And Julie, <laughs> I, I want to commend you for being a responsible, mature adult. And I appreciate your touring plan around the World Showcase. And and I think that sounds like a lot of fun and something you can remember. Um, but, but I'm going to say part of the rules of drinking around the world at Epcot is you have to hit every country. And I'm going to I'm going to reposit this. I'm going to change my change my uh my plan. Start in Epcot. Sorry, started in France. I mean, we're going to start in Epcot. I mean, that's... And we're going to start in Epcot. Then we're going to zoom park inside in. the globe. We're going to zoom in. And okay. we're going to start in France. And we're going to have a glass of wine on an ECV. And then we're <laughs> going to Morocco and have a beer. Mm-hmm. And then we will go to Japan and have a sake. And we will go to America and have another beer or whiskey. Then Italy for a grappa margarita. And at that point, you start referring to your 
ECV it as a magic carpet that takes you <laughs> around the world. That's right. And then we will go. Oh, and by the way, France wine impressions de France or or the stupid Beauty and the Beast thing. That is actually delightful. It's so bad, but it's great. It's bad. It is bad. But yes, yeah. And LeFou evidently was in all on it all along. But yeah. And then so yeah. So then progress Morocco, and then uh, Japan. There's nothing to see there. And then America, you watch the American Adventure. And then Italy, you have your your margarita. And then you go to Germany and you look at the wall that was supposed to be the Rhine River Cruise to the right <laughs> of the restaurant. You stare at that while you drink a beer. Stare wistfully. Yeah. Yep. You skip uh, you skip uh, 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 Africa for all the reasons. And then you go to China, watch Reflections of, or reflections of China whilst having a Tin Tao. And then you go to Norway and you have a Norwegian beer. And then you go and look at the place that used to be the Viking ship. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Mexico and you have your margarita and you ride the ride. And then you go to Canada and you watch O Canada or the current version and you drink a beer, probably a Molson or a Labatt's. And then you end in the UK while you're drunk at the bar and they welcome you in because of course you're drunk and they, they're kind of you and want to be, don't want to be insensitive, but you have an Irish car bomb. That is how you end the night. Okay. And then you throw up on the ducks. <laughs> on space. Yeah, Earth. but you don't remember it. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It never happened. <laughs> You should try to do it on a friend ship. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to point out that those boats are called the friend ships. Yeah, but they stop yeah. running at this point of the night. That's true. That's true. They stop at like seven. Yeah. And so, then you have a rate, an ECV race around the lagoon. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to land on the definitive way here, unfortunately. <laughs> We've got some some very large philosophical differences. In <laughs> we how sure we do. This. Um, yeah. Agree so or disagree. You know. Agree. Disagree. Uh, Eric, do you do you want to propose your plan? I mean, I I, I kind of summarized my plan. Um, <laughs> but I guess my question is: Is it beer around the world, or is it specific drinks? Jimmy, here's here's the thing. I don't think that they plan their vacations around <laughs> getting incredibly drunk one night of the. <laughs> the journey. I'm starting yeah, I, to. I plan my vacation around being drunk like multiple nights. That's right. why I have a much more measured approach to this situation. Because like, right, yeah. You go to Disney Springs and sit at that bar at the boathouse on the lake. Oh and, yeah. Like, have yep. an amazing night there. I need to go to the wine bar and to go to Wine Bar George and have that flaming mm. and drink all of their. They have 140 wines by the glass. Yeah. They do a, such a good job there, and they have like Dole Whip cocktails yes they do yeah this is why i can't be i can't be sunk, so hungover that i can't drink the next day yeah um, see they I haven't segmented compute. they haven't segmented their various interests and behaviors and instead are like i believe they call it integrated people okay All yeah right. and <laughs> but we're warriors so That's we're right. good <laughs> join the ecvs everybody nice I can tell you my favorite, my personal favorites in in each area. Generally, like, well, you know what? I prefer a harp to a bass in UK. Uh, just for the sake of it, I'm just going to go the opposite direction. Um, 
the I do love Le Fin du Monde, but um, they do have an excellent um, Unibrow uh, Peach IPA in in Canada, Mexico. Gosh, I think that that pineapple uh, mint margarita is is probably my favorite over there. Let's see, Norway. Pilsner at Norway is is my favorite there. There is a cocktail that I forget the name of um, that use uses uh, Baijiu uh, dragon fruit spirit in China. That's very good. Skip Africa. I should point out that the African Outpost does have Old Elephant Foot IPA, which is a uh, beer brewed in Florida <laughs> that you can get at the nice. uh, at the Skipper Canteen in the Magic Kingdom. Ooh. In Germany, I tend to go for that uh, that, that grapefruit beer too although sometimes i'll switch it up to, depending on the time of day it, I'll, I'll go with one of the other uh pilsners there the chauffeur um, delicious I yeah here yeah i was and i was floored the time that i actually looked at it and saw that it was it was less than three percent it's crazy because it's a shandy yeah but yeah that grapefruit that pithy grapefruit flavor really kind of gives it an extra bite and makes it feel like you're drinking more um but it, it's very satisfying Hmm. Um, let's see. Japan sake. I'm not a huge sake fan, but I do tend to find a sake and try it. Just straight sake. America, um, I'll pick a, a craft beer that I haven't tried before. Let's see. Yeah, I, I don't know that I actually do, do often drink in Italy. <laughs> um, but beer Moretti is an okay lager. Um, it's fine. Let's see. Mar- yeah, it's, it, 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 it works. It's a, it's a beer. Um, Casa beer is my favorite in um, Morocco. There's yes. the Casa Dark. Yes. That's that's my favorite. I actually, when you talk about looking forward to something, I actually look forward to drinking that beer, um, which is odd because it's not amazing or anything, but I love the, the experience of having that beer in Morocco. France, um, Cronenberg is a great beer. If I'm in the mood for something else, I do have the, uh, the orange. And um, then we're... Um, then we're done. Yeah. Did you start in the UK? I did start with a harp. Oh, yeah. I started in the UK with a harp. You can also double down and head over to Finns and get yourself uh, a smoke and roses, which is the smoked old fashioned made with four roses bourbon. Yeah. Or if you're, if you're leaving at the international gateway, you could just head over to the boardwalk and go to the Abracadabar. Oh yeah. Now you see, that's, that's, Pretty great. I, I love the Black Manhattan. That's my favorite there. My wife always gets a magic mirror. Yeah. Although they're not doing the cocktail that, because of the pandemic, they're not doing the cocktail that changes colors right now. Oh. Because they can't. So wait. That. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're both able to do other things after this? Well, that's when well, you like- take a measured approach to the situation. <laughs> oh. Right. I didn't just walk okay. around and drink all of those as I went. Okay. <laughs> I'm confused. Let's start. Let's, yeah. The Swan has the only karaoke bar on all of Disney. Property. Yes, it sure oh does. God. Oh my God. I was so frustrated. So I, Dan and I went with a group of people years and years ago and we flew across the country, to go to Disney world. And the first thing they did is go to the freaking karaoke bar. I'm like, is this yeah. what we're doing at Disney world for that time for that one specific moment? Yeah. And, yeah. and it was a lot of fun. So, I Julie, sang Young Americans. It was very yes, you did, and I have a picture of it. <laughs> yes, you did, Julie. You have been so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. You are our people. Uh, we could go on all night, and we should, uh, let's do that. But I want to respect your time. <laughs> but before we let you go, I I want to. Uh, you had mentioned something before we started recording, 
that you did work for CNN? Yeah. Um, I, for the reopening of Disney World, I, I was doing live coverage uh, from Magic Kingdom that whole day. I was, I had my laptop in the park <laughs> in between riding rides. I was, mm-hmm. I was live blogging the whole day updates about what was going on. And then I did the same thing a few days later at the opening of Epcot. And I will say at that time, my mom had just had knee surgery and she was riding around an ECV and it made it a lot easier to drink around the country. Interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. so I, was, uh-huh. I did have a little bit of experience with this and she kept saying, just get up, just, just, you can sit on the ECV now. But at, at one point I was drunk enough that I just sat down and I just like started doing wheelies in the walkway. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. You're proving our point. Mm-hmm. We've all sat on our friends' ECVs, well. potentially while drunk. It, it, yeah, it happens. It's Imagine good. if you were your friend all day. Yeah. Imagine if you had your own. But here's the thing, guys. Like, let's be realistic. Drinking around the world is expensive. It, it is, is so expensive. And an ECV is another what sixty dollars or eighty dollars. Like, look, you you deserve it. You're <laughs> you're living it up. <laughs> I think if I'm going to spend that money, I would rather spend that money on a steak at La Cellier rather than spend it on not walking. Like I can walk. I have feet. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But, you know, <laughs> you also have a mouth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> but Julie. Checkmate. We <laughs> checkmate. And therefore I win. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, we had so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if people want to get more of Julie, she is uh, at Julie, excuse me, Julie.Tremaine. That's T-R-E-M-A-I-N-E at sfgate.com. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And read her stuff. It's really interesting. Uh, many of our listeners, if not most of our listeners, are are Disneyland-centric. So please read her stuff. It's, it's a lot of really great content. Um, and... Also, Dan, you hmm. just booked a trip to Disneyland. I and sure did. You booked a hotel, and then yes. you called concierge. And what did they do for you? They put, booked me another hotel. And that so I'm going to cancel the one <laughs> booked before the murder because I'm a terrible, you were going to. I'm a terrible person and forgot that I should be supporting <laughs> concierge. But did you save money? Uh, I did. I don't know exactly how much, but yes, I got. Um, I got a, a hotel that I remember seeing on one of those weird websites for significantly more than I ended up paying. Where did they book you? Camelot. Nice. Wait, no, not Camelot. What am I thinking? Wait, Sorry. My, right. So here's what's going on. I work in the education industry oh, and my brain is melting. Um, is it Tropicana. Oh, the Tropicana. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's two. Ca- there's Castle Inn, and then there's the Anaheim Majestic, which also looks like a castle. Yeah. No, this one doesn't look like, look like, like a castle at all. So I don't know why I went with Camelot, but uh, at Tropicana, um, and it's like three nights for like less than five hundred dollars. No, two nights for less than five hundred. Yeah, you yeah. can't. That location. That's one of the closest to the. Yeah parks like it's into the harbor entrance which is the easier entrance yeah right. it's like right there yeah you can't beat that entrance at all i will say so for the opening i stayed at the residence inn and i asked for a park view room and i could see california adventure and i could see all of avengers campus oh. in my room 
And the, I, I slept with the windows. I slept with the blinds open so that I could see the Quinjet lit up all night. It was amazing. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it was oh. really cool. We need to get it. You, we, you need to come back. We need to have it. We need to have more conversation. That's the new residence in, which by the way, you could have booked at concierge.com. And they'll also do all of your travel planning. You want to get a reservation at a restaurant, like you're at Disney World, you want Le Cellier, and you just, you want to get it. They will spend the time. They'll get on the phone. They'll wait. They'll wait for you to book these things. They'll book your tickets and you won't have to pay any extra for it. It's it's a really cool service. It's a great company and uh, it it helps support the podcast. So even a seasoned veteran like yourself, Julie, next time you book, book through concierge, you won't pay any extra and um, it'll help our podcast. Well, and I told them too, just for the sake of the show, because I've never, you know, I've never booked through anyone. Um, they're going to give me the complete newbie experience. I mean, they're not going to pretend that I don't know what Disneyland is, but basically they're going to call and say like, okay, well, this is what we would do at this part of the process. So I'll be able to give an idea of what that looks like. Very cool. Um, all right, great. So uh, follow Julie uh, at on Twitter and all the social medias. That's uh, It's at what, Julie? At Julie Tremaine. At Julie Tremaine, T-R-E-M-A-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, also listen to our other shows, The Supreme Resort, obviously what you're listening to now. Uh, ears Up, Ears Up In-Depth, where they go into Disney news. Uh, Banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk is a Star Wars podcast. And then, of course, Scraping the Vault, where we review in excruciating detail of all the details <laughs> of the straight-to-video Disney sequels in chronological order. We just released The Hunchback 2 Listen to that one to hear uh, my emotional connection to the original Hunchback and how it's the best Disney musical of Mm -hmm. the Renaissance. And you can guess my response to that. And and also Dan's uh, love for Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. Dan's love for Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. Uh, You can contact us at Jimmy at EarsUp-Podcast.com, Dan at EarsUp-Podcast.com, Eric at EJohnson at Concierge.com, Julie.Tremaine at SFGate.com. Also listen to Spectral Radio. Julie, you like Disney parks. I do. There is a online radio station called Spectro Radio. It's spectroradio.us and all they play is Disney parks music and Disney movies. Oh. It's fantastic. And and they've got a whole a whole thing now to celebrate Disney World's 50th anniversary. They've got a bunch of like original Epcot stuff. Uh, but it's just Disney theme park music all day, like area music, full ride throughs. You get the full ride through of the original submarine voyage, you get the full ride through of journey and imagination, you know, you name it. The, the, the Judy Dench version of spaceship earth, the Jeremy Irons version of spaceship earth, the Walter Cronkite version of spaceship earth, the whole thing. It's awesome. The Colonel Sanders version. The, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the normal Donald Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. It was definitely the Norm MacDonald. <laughs> uh, and then they uh, oh, pi- Papyrus, oh you know. Oh. <laughs> or, or the Mario Lopez. Recipe for Seduction, starring oh, Mario Lopez, Kentucky Fried Chicken, 15-minute movie. <laughs> Here's your 30th podcast idea. It was just okay. rating Colonel Sanders's. Mm. Mm. That's good. I, I just listened that. to a podcast called Disney, or excuse me, uh, uh, Business Wars. It was KFC versus Chick Fil A, and I had no idea that Colonel Sanders died in like the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you eat nothing but fried chicken your entire life, it's going to happen. 
That's the story, right? (laughs) Well, thank you again, Julie Tremaine, for joining us. You do great work. We really appreciate it. We'd love to have you back for a Versus episode where you can be the judge and decide which is better between the things. You got most of the attractions that I mentioned earlier. You got most of them right. Should we tell uh, her? Should we tell her? Go ahead. Tell her. (laughs) Yes, I I need to know. Haunted Mansion at Disney World one. Are you out of your mind? Uh, some people <laughs> think I am, but I'm actually surprisingly lucid and cogent. Um, yeah. I'd like to point out I wasn't on that episode. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. before Eric's time. Yeah. Okay. I was arguing for Disneyland. No. Yeah. Here's why you're wrong. I, there's oh, in detail. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. Number one. I, I, I'll stop you right there. The speed ramp out of the crypt. Yeah. That's really nice. That's a break. That's a nice break. Right. Uh, no. No, the fact that number one, mm-hmm. it's New Orleans themed and it's like a sea captain's house. And there's like right? a whole backstory to why yeah. it's this amazing New Orleans yeah. mansion. Number two, the horseless carriage in front that makes horse name noises. Uh-huh. Those horse noises in Florida. You hear that, Jimmy? Number three, <laughs> the queue is way better. Even though they have those little interactive elements in Florida, yeah. The key where yeah. it's like, yeah. there's like the whole, like the cemetery is like embedded and it's up on the wall. It's like uh-huh. way, way better. It's way better. And Which then by you, the way, the interactive stuff, aesthetically not the same. No, it's not. It's very cartoony. Yep. It's not. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> Did you right. listen to this episode? <laughs> Number four, yeah. the actual elevator. Significantly uh-huh. better. The yeah. fact that the room actually moves. Right. Like, I don't care what you say it's better across the board and do you no. think that the fact that you're actually sinking physically sinking in space adds to your uh, f- like a physical sensation that yes. you might not know that you recognize but that you do recognize subconsciously a hundred percent see yeah there's the florida does not have all those portraits that you walk past those are uh-huh. like arrived just weird and messed up right like walk past all the portraits yeah in the normal time, you wait and stand there and watch them change, and it's yeah. super cool. I'll get out of my ECV anytime for those. <laughs> they have the new aging portrait, which is super cool. They, like, I just can't. And then, like, okay, so Florida has two extra scenes at the beginning of the yeah. actual mm-hmm. Doom Buggy. But they don't nice. really match. They look like like Carney Funhouse right. sets, right? It's pulled straight from Labyrinth. It's very yeah. weird. I'm not right. into it. Yeah. And th- no. So then you have. Mm, no, it's just better. It's just I just I can't. I agree. I agree. Window, it's it's way better. The I like that it's older. I like that it feels a little older in yeah. California. And except they do, that it's not Julie. They were built at how, the same but time. But how about the fact that the oh, haunted right. mansion, the Wait, building, it does. They were they they were built at the same time. When when. In the but 60s, the one, they were, the, the, all the animatronics, everything was built at the same time. But, but what about... Open until 1970. Well, because that's when Disney World opened, but they were built and right. imagineered simultaneously. Julie, are you perf- are you referring to the fact that this building sat there generating uh, uh, mythology for a number of years while people wondered what could possibly be inside? That's how things get really haunted. Oh, I God. See. Opening up a whole new world. Well, when- when Disney had, when Disney owned the Queen Mary, mm-hmm. they had to build a haunted mansion at sea and they did like a prototype room <laughs> that where th- like the floorboards would cre- creak and the faucets would come on. Yeah. And eventually they turned like when, when they realized that it wasn't financially feasible to build this, Disney just locked up the room and it was locked for like 20 years and people decided 
that that room was haunted because it was locked. And then all of a sudden there was like actual paranormal activity in there because people put so much energy into it for so long. All right. We're going to have to open up an appellate court for the Supreme (laughs) Resort. And Julie, you're going to have to come in and argue for the Haunted Mansion because that's been a controversial episode. I would suggest you listen to it because there are some good arguments for Disney World, but it's compelling. So anyway, in the interest of time, thank you so much, Julie. We really appreciate you being here and we really would love to have you back. Will you come back? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. And also, uh, so SF Gate and also uh, your book is called? My uh, my book that I wrote with uh, ghost professional paranormal investigator, ghost hunter Amy Bruni of Kindred Spirits is called Life with the Afterlife, 13 Truths I've Learned About Ghosts. It's it's absolutely Amy's book, but I helped her write it and it was very, very fun. And that's how I learned all about the Queen Mary. She made me stay there one night in the haunted room by myself. Oh my God. And that's available where books are sold? Yes, it is available all at all all the independent bookstores and then all the other places you can get books. Very well said. Thank you so much, Julie. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. And until then, be good to each other. Thank you. Fresh baked. Hey, what's up? I'm a cool kid who is real. Just like you. Bonjour Paris. When I met Jasmine she said I could probably beat Aladdin in a arm wrestle.